Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in once again to the Unofficial Therapy Podcast. My name is Chris Kane, and I appreciate you guys for being here with me on this very special podcast holiday. Um, I decided to wait between my last podcast and this one to put this out because this is a Mother's Day podcast. And what that entails is essentially a two-part podcast, but it's going to be the same amount of time, so don't worry. Uh, the first part, I want to talk about my mom and our relationship. And then the second part is mother figures for those who don't have their maternal parents in their life, but people who've kind of filled the voids. Um, I call these women angels because that's their impact in my life. Like it feels angelic. Like I didn't really deserve it, but they were there when I needed someone. And in some ways, their impact is as important as my mom's impacts are. So I think they deserve to be shouted out as well. So I just kind of want to get it all into one jumbled podcast. But uh, first of all, if you're if you have your mom in your life, this is the time to show ultra appreciation. I'm sure you do that already. Uh, assuming your mom was a competent person, um, all the gifts, dinners, lunches, all the stuff. You see the commercials. It's a blitz from the media to do everything for the mom. So if you have your mom in your life, you know tell her because. You don't know how long you're going to have that. And once you don't have your mom, you don't, I don't think you realize the void that leaves behind. And for those who had and lost their parents, you have their memories and you have the lessons they taught you to kind of guide you. And that's probably their legacy anyway. If we know everyone's fleeting, everyone's going to die at some point. But what they taught you and what you picked up from them and what they imparted on you is what you take going forward. And I think you'll be doing them a disservice if you didn't take the day and seize it using the skills and lessons they taught you to kind of adapt to the world out there. So, you know, take those lessons and use them with care. And I know that's the ultimate respect, I think. As far as my mom, my mom is... My she's one of my biggest inspirations, but it's not for the reasons that I think most people would expect, right? So I'm going to be Hollywood. I want to be a star, all that good stuff. And you would assume that, you know, if you didn't know me, that maybe my mom was in the trenches with me when I was in these rusty comedy clubs out there cheering me on, like buying merch and all that stuff. That's not the case at all. My mom has actually never seen me perform, which is kind of wild because I've been doing comedy for like seven years. She's never actually seen seen me perform because one, I've never done it in my hometown, and two, she doesn't travel. <laughs> my mom was like, "You're not like a mile away, and I'm not free. I'm not going to come see you." Um, so she hasn't seen me yet, and I got to arrange a way for her to see me perform at some point. But now I'm in California, so I'm like super far away. But she's never actually seen me perform. The way she inspired me though was when I was a kid, and I mean young, like five, six, seven. Like, she always wanted to be a singer. And I would see her, like, around the house trying to, like, cook and then singing songs and trying to record demos on, like, kind of rinky technology. This is back when, <laughs> remember back in, back in the day when you had to, like, record a song on the radio and you would push play and record at the same time? Yeah, she was, like, recording demos on that level of technology. We didn't have a lot of expendable money. So she couldn't get like dope mics and like the real headphones. We didn't have like a real quiet room. There's a lot of kids running around. But 
she always wanted to be a singer and more, you know, more specifically a gospel singer, which is dope. Um, and so I would see her going for that while still trying to be a mom and raise all these kids. And, you know, we didn't have a lot. So it was exceptionally stressful. And you know, she, she obviously you don't know who she is. So she obviously didn't make it to the level that she wanted to. And I think on a, on a large scale, she kind of gave up on it. But seeing her go for that and given the like adverse situation that really she caused for herself, like having kids and stuff. But whatever, I love my siblings. But it was, it was as a kid, I was like, oh, man, she's aspiring to be better than what our situation is. And that's the lesson I chose to take from it. I didn't see it as, gosh, she's not going to make it or she didn't make it. She's a failure. I saw it as the fact that she wants to make it is something to strive for and something to try to attain. And so I didn't even try to start doing comedy until I was already like in college. So again, from like six, seven years old until like 2021, it's a big gap of time to go by. I never even did like amateur comedy or anything like that, but it was always there. And I always, I started writing comedy in high school and I thought about being a performer back then and just didn't have like the resources or the means or even the know-how to kind of know how to follow it. But um, once I started doing it, for real, I realized this is what I want to be. And I don't know if those kind of things are genetic. And there's a lot of musicians whose kids are musicians. And, you know, there's a lot of comedians whose kids. Like, I think some of that stuff, I think it's just nature versus nurture. You don't know which one it is. It's possible some of it's genetic, though. But I always wanted to make it so she could kind of live vicariously through what I'm doing. Because she doesn't get to reap the rewards of being an international singer or, you know, going to award shows or meeting certain people or creating the work she wants to create. She doesn't have those connections. And a big part of what I'm doing is to make it in whatever abstract way that means so that I can bring her along for the ride. And then maybe she can carve her own path. Like you, you can get popping in the industry later in life. It's possible. But you just need a way in. You need connections. And so... That was what drove me. I didn't realize that actually for a long time. I just thought it was just like my own internal drive because I had it since I was kind of a kid. And then I want to say four or five years ago, there was a Mother's Day and I came home from Miami to see my mom on Mother's Day. I just drove up for the weekend and drove right back down. So I was furious because my car was just like, <laughs> it's like a thousand miles or whatever. But um, I came home and this, my mom, my sister and me, this is actually this is before she even had kids, yeah. So this is like five years ago, and we went to like my grandmother's church, and it's a lot of older older people there because it's not a huge congregation, but whatever. And they had this thing where on Mother's Day you would pass the mic around that I guess the preacher or the deacon had, and then you would say something about your parent, whether they're dead or alive. Most of the parents were alive though, so it would be like a 40-year-old talking about their 65-year-old parent who's like right next to him. Like, I want to shout out to Hallie Mae for raising six of us. I know we was bad, but I love you, mama. And we'll, be, we'll like clap. We're all doing like a two-step while this is happening. Like there's like a beat in the background. <laughs> it's like, leave it to black churches, right? Um, and it was coming close to our section. And at first I wasn't going to say anything because we're not, that's not the type of family we are. We're not the outward expressive like, I love you, I love your family. We, we love is implied. We know that, but we don't say it that often. 
And as it got closer to us, I decided I wanted to say something, but I didn't have it all like mapped out in my head. I just don't want to say something. And it came to me and I started talking and I was telling my mom that, you know, you inspire me. And I don't think I've never said those words to you. I just tried to go out and live it. And so maybe my work will speak for it. But since people are saying nice things, I just, this is my chance to do that for you. And I said, you inspire me. And I think my biggest drive, other than just reaching my highest level, which is my most motivation, that's what drives me more than anything else in life, is just reaching the level I think I can reach. The other biggest thing is I want to get to a point where I can allow you to live the life you want to live, where you don't have to struggle. Your whole life has been struggle. Before we were born, as we were born, marriages, divorces, whatever, your whole life has been a struggle. There's never been a time where you were just chill and you're relaxed. You never take vacations. Um, you never seen a vast majority of the world. I don't even know how many states my mom's been to, maybe two, three. Like, it's just like she's really kind of a homebody. And so like, there's so much out there that you can probably see and realize and appreciate. You never had a chance to. And my biggest reason for being where I am is to do good by you. You don't need a guy, like a husband or a man, to like, you know, take care of you type thing. Like, I think that's on some level the kid's job. If you found a dude, cool. I mean, if you want to splurge on you, I'm not going to be mad. But I think it's my responsibility to do that for you. And it was actually the first time I seen my mom like cry publicly. I don't, I don't know the last time I saw her cry before that. Um, I don't, I, I don't remember the last time I saw her cry. And she tried, she's really good at hiding stuff. So she cried, but it was like that low key. She cried like a dude cries, <laughs> where guys, guys cry, and he like just button it up real quick. And it was just, I think I did, that, that was the best gift for her. Like we finished the service, went out for food afterwards. And um, then I kind of like moved and whatever. But it's, um, it's, it's a moment that's maybe like the most expressive moment we've had together. Like, we do the I love you thing after conversations on the phone and stuff, but again, that's not really how we get down. So that was one of the few times I could really give her my undivided and say all the things that I think and then see her reaction because I think she deserves it, right? Like, parents want to be appreciated the way kids do. If you do well in school, you do your chores, you want your parents to know you did them. And if your parents inspire you or you're trying to make their lives better, I think they should know that too. I think it feels good both ways. So I don't get to see my mom for this Mother's Day, but I will be in town in a few weeks. And so I'll see her like then, and I guess we'll just retroactively celebrate. But um, I hope she hears this in some capacity. She doesn't have Facebook <laughs> or the podcast app, but we'll find a way to get it to her. Um, but yeah, mom, you still inspire me. And I still haven't gotten to where I want to get to yet. But I'm still working towards it. I'm closer now than I've ever been. And when I get there, then you'll be right with me. And we can, I don't know, whatever you want to do. Maybe you want to come to Hollywood and then sit in my house <laughs> and do the same thing you do in Florida, just on the other coast. I don't know what life you want to live. But you won't be limited in what you can do. And so if you choose to be chill, then we be chill. If you want to go to Disney, we do do that. If you want to climb a mountain, we'll do that. It's all available to you. And 
that's my goal. That's my Mother's Day gift for life and birthday present for life and all that just so make your life a little bit better. So I hope you hear this. I love you. I'll see you soon and we can, you know, discuss whatever you want to discuss in person. Some things aren't made for the podcast. And we'll do all that stuff. So that's my mom part. The second part is the mother figure slash angels part. And this is the, this is something I think that there's no holiday for this. Even though there's dumb holidays every day, like National Eat a Donut Day and all that stupid stuff. I don't know if there's a holiday for like godparents or for you know adopted parents. I don't know if there's a holiday for that kind of thing, but I think there should be. And I've been blessed that anytime my life has been more or less in disarray, or if my mom hasn't been where I needed her to be at a certain point, there was someone to fill the gaps. And it was never of my doing. Like I didn't do anything to facilitate this. I was just blessed that people were near us, had the time and means, and took an interest. And I have essentially I have four real mother figures, and there's a lot of little ones who I guess <laughs> didn't make the cut. They're, they're on the bench. But we'll talk about the four, and then this will be, I guess, their version of a Mother's Day gift. Um, the most prominent and maybe biggest impact on my life was Beverly McLeod, who I affectionately called my Auntie Beverly, even though we had no blood relation. Uh, she was the woman who took my siblings and myself in when our mom was not in the picture. There was a few years where my mom wasn't around, and my siblings and I were in danger of kind of being broken up or whatever. And she stepped in um, out of love, really. Again, it's no blood relation. She could have just let us kind of fall through the cracks. Um, but she stepped in and took us all in. And she had better, she had a better situation than my mom had and than my stepdad had when he was around. And it was a weird transition because we had seen her growing up, but we didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know her. I just knew kind of of her. And all of a sudden, she's like, the most important person in your life. She's your de facto mom. And there's a lot of things that she did for us. And it's just way too much to get into in a podcast, but little things like I never had pictures growing up living with my mom. Like I never, I don't have any baby pictures anywhere, which is kind of sad. Um, my mom said they burned in the fire. I don't believe her. I don't know what happened to these pictures. Maybe people didn't take pictures of me, but it seems weird. Like, you would think at my grandma's house, somewhere there'll be pictures. There's no pictures of me. Up until I was, like, maybe five. And it's, like, one picture of me, like, wearing a church suit. But it's, like, way too big for me or something. But once we moved in with Monty Beverly, she would take us to get photos. Like, every, I don't know, six months to a year. Where we get dressed up. We're going down to Sears. And we just, like, take, like, family pictures. And it was such a... A small thing in a moment, I guess. But it was cool because my sister and my brother were younger than me at the time. But they still are, I guess. But So I have pictures of them when they're young because of her. Because if she wasn't around, I wouldn't have pictures of them either. Um, so I have a lot of baby pictures of my smallest brother and my sister. And we're all dressed up and we're doing the whole happy picture thing. And it's, those are things that live on. So when I have kids, I can show them to her. Um, and that's like a kind of a random little thing 
that at the time I was like, I think I probably was begrudging because I don't like, I didn't like taking pictures when I was a kid. I said, like, why are we taking pictures? It's dumb. I know how I look. <laughs> and she's like, come on, we're taking pictures. Like, you don't, you don't, I'm a kid, you don't get it. And then we did. And now I look back and it's like, I'm happy we did that. That she knew more than I did because she's an adult. And I was like nine. And so I didn't know anything. But nine-year-olds think they know everything. And just like living conditions. We actually, if I had, if I like destroyed a pair of shoes somehow, Let's say a dog ate them. We had the means to get another pair. And I don't even mean like, they were never like Jordans or anything. Maybe like some K-Swisses or something. Back when K-Swiss was this shit. Um, that we always have food. And living with my mom, we didn't always have like enough food. Even if we have food, it was like rationed out. Sometimes we didn't have enough. Some of the times we didn't like, like have dinners or something because maybe we just didn't have enough food that day. But Monty Beverly, we always had food. And... It was always important to her to make sure we were fed, make sure we were clothed, make sure we had respect, uh, make sure you cleaned up after yourself, and just kind of did those little things. And it was, I don't know what would have happened had she not been in our life. And I mean, we would have been broken up for sure, but I don't know where that would have taken us. Like, my little brother and sister probably would have gone somewhere. I would have gone somewhere. My older would have been, like, we would have been all over the place, and who knows what kind of disarray that would have thrown our family into. So she was not only my angel, she was all of our angels. Like, she saved us. And the only way I could repay her at the time was when I graduated from college. They they only give you, like, five tickets at my school. I guess maybe you can, like, negotiate to get more. Um, I gave her one of my five tickets. And she was, like, the first person I called. I was like, hey, auntie. I got a ticket for you. And she was going through chemo at the time because she had cancer. And as she was kind of weak at the time and we didn't know if she could travel as much, but I was like, listen, if you could be here for me, that would be amazing. I know my dad would be there. If mom could be there, cool, but I have a ticket for you because without you, I probably wouldn't be here graduating today. And so this is the best present I can give you and if you beat this cancer, then we're gonna, I'm gonna be famous one day and I'll take you wherever you wanna go. But for the time being, I can give you this. And she made it to my graduation and we took pictures, which is something, again, as a kid, I wouldn't have really done. And so at that apex of my life at the time, that's like my mom, my dad, Monty Beverly, and uh, Priscilla, who I'll get into in a second, who's her daughter. And it was like, and she's right next to me. Auntie Beverly's right next to me. It was like, my mom is actually on the outside. Auntie Beverly is the one who's next to me in the picture. And that's, I think that's where she belonged because she held us together. And um, maybe a couple of years later, uh, the cancer finally got her. And so she didn't get a chance to live the life that I'm, I guess, going to live at some point and reap the rewards of the seeds she planted. But she had that moment. And that moment is eternal. So that is, that's the, the best gift I can give her at the time. And I guess maybe going forward. So she's the biggest angel in my life. Her daughter, Priscilla, who I call my sister because she's more than just my godparents' daughter. Uh, Priscilla was like the same age as my mom or around us. She's a little bit younger, I think. But she was 
the funner version of what that was. Like my Bailey was, was older than my mom, so she was a little bit more like old school in her methods and like like if you got sick and you felt like you're constipated, she'll give you some castor oil or something to clean you out. That's my Monty Beverly. Priscilla would be like, I'm gonna get some Pepto Bismol. That's what <laughs> that's what newer age people do. And when we were growing up, I always felt like her and I had a better connection because I was inquisitive, I was argumentative, but not because I was bad. It was just I like to ask questions. I like to get things I didn't get things to answer. I didn't want to just listen because someone told me to listen. And so Monty Beverly and I would get into these little squabbles. And then, and again, this is like a 10-year-old talking to an adult. So it's not really a squabble. It's, you're going to do it. Because I said it. Why? Do it. Why? We'll go back and forth. And then Priscilla would step in and she would be like my bodyguard. Because I guess she felt she needed to protect me. But she, personality-wise, is actually more like I am. She questions authority a little bit. She speaks her mind. I think she saw more of herself in me. So when I was a kid, she took a liking to me. And um, she she was always stepping in to defend me because I always felt like I was under attack, which is not true. But as a kid, you always feel that way. So she was always there to be like, you better better leave my baby Chris alone. (laughs) She kind of stepped in to kind of defend me. And that was awesome because I felt like it's nice to have someone on your side at any level of your life, especially as a kid. You want to have someone who's championing for you, who's fighting for you. And that's where Priscilla was. And for the record, she makes the best lasagna around. I, you probably have family members that make lasagna. Hers is the best. Put money on it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm gassing her up like she can just make this for the world. But best lasagna in the world is my favorite food. She makes the best. And that's just what that is. So you come see me on that lasagna side of the game. But... Uh, Priscilla was like she's she was like oh she was always like the hip side of it even when like we were buying clothes for school or something Monty Beverly would be looking at like traditional almost like I can't it's older clothes but whatever and then Priscilla would step in and be like don't put him in that old man shirt he want to wear this this South Pole shirt this is when South Pole was cool and she would just she was always like decide to kind of like so she regulated it like, we're kids, so we want, like, the kiddie stuff. Monty Beverly was older, so she wanted the old stuff. Priscilla was right in the middle. She was, like, the warm porridge, I guess, for an analogy. And, yeah, I gave I, her I gave her a ticket for my graduation as well. I was like, I want you to be there. Along with Monty Beverly, because you guys were instrumental in our lives. And luckily, Priscilla's still alive today. She still lives in our hometown. And I'm going to see her in a few weeks as well. And she's still very she's still very much impactful in what we're doing. And um, I like to think on some level we were like her kids. Again, she's like not that much younger than my mom. So we're about at the age where her kids would be. And so I think she took a liking to us as if we were her kids, not like we were grandkids, which is what we close. We were more or less that with Auntie Beverly. So this is... My Mother's Day shout out to her because, again, her impact on my life has been as pronounced. And I feel like she was even more protective of me, which is what I needed at the time because, you know, having my mom not be there and then feeling like I'm under attack as a kid, you kind of feel like the world's turning on you a little bit. And then she was there to kind of like shield me from all those thoughts and fears and be like, I got you. Don't worry. The world's not going to take you down. I got you. And so... Shout out to Priscilla. 
That's my angel number two. There's only two more. I know you guys are sitting there like, man, he's getting all sad and sappy. This is a, it's a holiday, man. All the podcasts aren't like this, but this is a special occasion. Uh, my third benefactor is Miss Jackie, who I don't think has social media, so I don't know how I can't tag her in this. But Miss Jackie came along later in my life when I was living with my dad. So this is post Auntie Beverly, post my mom. I'm not living with my dad. And I guess her and my dad were business partners initially. I don't even know the origin of how she came into our life. Um, she was just, her and my dad did whatever they were doing. Um, I think they had some business to get together. And I was always the kid in the house, but I don't know how much he wanted her to be involved in my life initially because I didn't know her at first. I would see her, but I didn't know her. And then maybe after a year or so of being there, I think she finally started asking about me more. Like, hey, how's your son doing? Oh, he's, I'm in high school at this point. Oh, he's in high school. What college is he going to? Oh, he's going to Stanton. That's a good school. Yada, yada. And she was an educator. And so um, she took a big interest in that. So she was. that was her side. That was her angelic side of my life, where when I was going through the school part, she was more helpful with the application processes and um, scholarships and that kind of thing. My dad never went to college. So him and I were going through the same experience. He's like, man, it's a lot of paperwork to fill out. I'm like, I know. I need you to help me with this. <laughs> it's like we're sitting at the table, him and I are both overwhelmed by this. And then she can come in and be like, all right, you need to do X, Y, and Z. Go to your counselor's office. Ask about blah, blah, blah. Uh, your FAFSA has to be filled out at this time. And she's a lot more tech savvy. My dad is the worst technological person in the world. And I have multiple comedy bits about this. But let's just put it this way. My dad has two phones. And they're both flip phones today. Two flip phones. That's the life he's living. And he's very happy about it. So he's not the guy talking. This game, this all happened like 12, 15 years ago. So imagine how bad it was that he may have had a beeper then. I don't know. So um, that was her initial impact on my life is the educational side. And my dad was a truck driver. And after my grandmother passed, I was really in the house alone for the last couple years, for probably the last two, two and a half years of my high school, I would be in the house alone, essentially kind of raising myself while my dad was driving. And then he would come home and then be there for a few days and go back on the road to make money. And during those times, there'd be times when I couldn't drive yet. So she would sometimes bring food over. Um, she would check in on me, uh, gifts, rent, like all that kind of stuff. Like she was just like a intermediary to make sure I didn't fall through the cracks or whatever. I was a pretty responsible kid, but you know, it's nice to have home cooked meals when you're like 16 because I would have left to my own devices. I'm eating ramen noodles and pop tarts, happy, living the dream. And, um, she made sure like we had nutrients and vegetables <laughs> and all those things that I don't care about at 16, but you need, um, she was big in that regard. And even post that, like going into my more adult life, um, cause she has kids and she's, and she knows my dad more than any of my other benefactors do, or my other angels. Like she knows my dad better. So a lot of our communication is around my dad and I's relationship. And she would ask me questions that my dad couldn't ask me to ascertain what I needed. Right. So like my dad and I don't, I don't sit and say, dad, I'm really struggling with this relationship. And I'm like, we don't have that kind of communication skills. So my dad would say, hey, how you doing, son? Fine. And then he would like go out and work on a truck. And then she'll come in and be like, how you doing for real? And it's like, well, 
I don't know, man. The college is a little overwhelming or whatever. And I could talk to her for real. She was more of a confidant. And then I never thought she would betray me. Like, I never told her something that I didn't want my dad to know. And then he came back. Jackie told me something. It never worked like that. Like, she protected my um, confidentiality. But there was something I needed, though. She would be able to fill in the gaps. If I told her, I was like, man, I just feel like I'm overwhelmed. I'm working all these jobs. And she's like, listen, if you think you need a financial boost in the meantime, let us know. We can send you a little bit of something to kind of get you by. You don't need to overstress. School's more important than having three jobs in college. And it was that kind of thing. Because maybe I felt too prideful to come to my dad with it. But then she would be there. And then each time going forward, even up until like a year ago, um, if I'm really in tight times and I'm like, man, I'm working, but things are overwhelming, like I would reach out to my dad, but it would actually end up probably going through her where she was the one who was more responsible and more on top of her game and be like, hey, your dad said you needed like 200 for new tires because two of your tires blew out. Um, what's your account number? I got you. And that was, and even to this day, again, this is a continuing thing now. Um, it was, she's just always kind of been there. And she has kids. She has grandkids. It's not like she didn't have a family of her own. But again, she and my dad had their pre-existing relationship. And I think she just saw the kind of kid I was at a young age and saw the adversity, but saw me kind of coming through it. And she wanted to be a part of it. And that's special. And it's, again, unnecessary, but she wanted to be a part of it. Even when she got to meet, like, like girlfriends over the years, like, I cared what her pain was. It's like, hey, um, how do you feel about her? It's like, I like her. She's, you know, driven. She's heads on straight. She's crazy about you. I think that's great. Or I don't think that's the right girl for you. And I took that advice to heart. It was like motherly advice. But, you know, it was, there was something to it. And... Even to this day, like she's still very much special in my life. So there's, it's, I know I'm getting, I'm, I'm not crying, <laughs> but I'm thinking about all this stuff and it's just now dawning on me, like, like how fortunate all this stuff is and how special it is to have people around you because these are, this, this is no, there's no blood relation. These people could have bowed out at any time and um, they just stuck it out. And they want what's best for me. I don't think they want anything in return, really. And yet, I still feel indebted to them. And I don't know if you can ever repay what they've given, but that's my pursuit to at least, you know, pay off the investment by becoming successful. Because I think that's what ultimately this is. They think I can be a success. And if I do that, then that's the repayment. But, um, yeah, Miss Jackie's been very special in my life. Uh, the last angel in my life, and this is way more recent, is my meatball, my, I can't say my favorite client, but I'll just say it for the purposes of the podcast to kind of keep it. My favorite client, uh, Jeannie, who, she's like the cool mom, because she's not as old as any of the other women I've mentioned. So she's c- closer to my age, but she's old enough, she's older than me to enough, that's awful grammar. She's older enough that I can still look up to her with some kind of like reverence. Um, Jeannie's impact in my life is more like motivational. It's a weird side. Um, I'm an ideas person. Anyone who knows me, like I can churn out 
tons of ideas. Like, oh, we should do this, we should do this, whatever, whatever. I'm not great about execution, though. And Jeannie is a let's get shit done type person, which is awesome. So I'll come with ideas, and I'll say, I don't know how to do all this stuff. And she'll say, let me help you. You need to do blah, 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 blah. And then things start getting done. And it was like, oh, man, I didn't realize that. I didn't, I didn't know I needed that permit or I needed this clearance or so-and-so. And she's so like meticulous about the way she does her own business that that carries over. And all she wants is to see me do well. And so not only does she tell me exactly how to do a lot of stuff, she volunteers to put herself in it. Do you need me to reach out on your behalf and call some people? This And it was like, she's a lawyer and a parent. I'm like, listen, I know you got stuff to do. You got clients. You have a kid. I, I, how do you have time to do all this stuff? And it was just more just like, I'll make time because you're important to me. You're special to me. And when it came to doing anything legal, like when I did my first comedy room, Bless the Mike, and I had the help of like Valmar to do the poster board and the flyers for it, and I had like Martin and Michelle and all these people doing like all the legwork and all that, I realized I needed someone to do the paperwork, to do the draft and do the contracts for everything. And she was like, I got you. I'll draft the contracts for you. And then they sent contracts over, and then she made her revisions and sent it back. And it was more like, I got a pro bono lawyer on my side doing work, holding shit down because she wants the show to go well. And that's, that's her only like motivation. Even when I started my um, fitness company that I have out here now, my Eudaimonia Fitness thing, I was like, hey, I'm trying to get LLC going. I'm not exactly sure how to do it. She's like, send me the name, send me the address, blah, blah, blah. I got you. And it was like, all right, I was just trying to get some, like, what should I Google or whatever. And she's just been that person to me. We talked um, maybe a week and a half ago. And, like, she's like she's super prego and all that. And I'm so happy for her and uh, Edwin. But it was, I was asked, she asked me how I was doing. And I, was, I told her I'm, 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 at a, I'm at an impasse where I'm trying to figure out what, what my next steps are, but I'm just getting past a big hurdle. So it's like I want to be proud of that, getting past that, and I want to be happy about where I am, but I don't want to be stagnant. So I don't know how to move to the next stage. Like, do I rest on laurels? Do I, like, just keep grinding until I burn out? Do I reinvest like I was I didn't know exactly what to do and and she just she just she just gave me a little bit of wisdom and it was like I was kind of I wasn't in a dark place I wasn't low I was just more like kind of frantic and she just calmed me down with a few words and it kind of reset my chi or chakra or whatever and it made it made things kind of clarify for me and I was like damn she's even from distance, she still has that, that part. She still has that effect on me. And of all the people I've mentioned, if I have like a pressing meeting or a thing I'm trying to do or an agenda, she's my point person. Like She's my ace in the hole. And um, I thank her for it because she wasn't even initially a good client. She actually blew me off for months. <laughs> like I reached out to her to train and then she just didn't respond for a long time and then she started training and then it became way closer than that 
where she was like involved in like most intimate moments of my life and like when I was really struggling with things or really at a high point she was always there and so thank you Jeannie for being what you are and for being there and for being the cool mom that like understands rap music and how to dance in the club but also how to like get business done because both sides were needed and both sides are appreciated <sighs> all right that's a mouthful guys Thank you for allowing me to vent and to say my thanks to all these special women in my life. Um, take the opportunity, if you have it, to give it up to your parents, your angels, your aunts, your cousins, like any 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 women in your life that have done well by you. This is the time to really show them appreciation. This is the most I can do on my platform right now. And as my platform grows, I'll do more than this. But... I want them all to know that I love you all. Uh, thank you for being who you are. Thank you for allowing me to be what I am. And I'm going to keep trying to make you all proud every day. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. And I will see you guys next week. Deuces.